What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, just your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here connecting with incredible people who have unbelievable stories to tell. Today's guest I'm very excited to share is Zaid Admani or at Admani Explains from TikTok and Instagram. Zaid is a business content creator that that really puts out some of the best digestible short form content about all things happening in business today. And let's be honest, some crazy things have been happening in business with the stumble of Meta, with the rise and very, very, very hard fall of Peloton. All those things we're going to talk about on this week's episode, as well as Zaid's story from going from being a civil engineer, getting a degree in civil engineering at the University of Texas, Austin, to becoming a more full-time content creator. Um, some things that we didn't get to talk about, but we just saw over the weekend, Zaid was at a pretty awesome looking party uh, for the Super Bowl in LA. So very jealous about that. But without further ado, please enjoy the very talented and one and only Zaid Admani. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. Well, everyone, on today's episode, we have an incredible guest joining us. Zaid Admani joins the show. Zaid, known as Admani Explains on social media, has over 300,000 followers, to which he produces incredible, digestible business content. Zaid, thank you so much for coming on, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain. Dealing with a bit of a, a bit of a cough, so if you hear random cough noises, I apologize. It's all right, man. Hey, I can't get the COVID through the, through the Zoom, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep myself, you know, con- uh, not contagious. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, I want to talk about today, you know, to obviously some of the biggest business headlines. But before we jump into all of that, for those that don't know, Zayd is a civil engineer, has a degree from UT Austin in civil engineering. What made you get into engineering that turned into kind of this other avenue of business and storytelling? Yeah, I mean, so I, I went to college in 2010. Mm-hmm. So that was right around like, you know, pretty much coming off the peak of the financial crisis, right? Um, you know, economies, shit's hitting the fan, banks are going under, you know, and, and there's just a lot of uh, fear. Uh, markets are crashing. And so I'm like, well, I could I can't get a job in finance because like, I'm not going to get a job if I if I graduate right. and get a job in finance. So I was, you know, I was pretty good at math, pretty good at, uh, all, you know, all the, all the, the, the nerdy stuff. And so I got into the engineering school at UT and I was like, all right, I'll just go be an engineer. And I thought I was, you know, cause I thought yeah, I was pretty good at it. So mm. got an engineering degree in 2014. I graduated in 2014 and, um, was doing the engineering stuff. You know, I was working at oil and gas, uh, bad timing because, you know, after I joined oil and gas, uh, from after graduating in 2014, the market, the oil markets tank. So I had to like get a different job and, Anyways, I, I knew that my passion, though, always was like business and finance, you know, right. I always enjoyed talking about, you know, the markets money, I was trading when I was in college, just learning, you know, doing stupid stuff, like, you know, buying penny stocks, which is dumb, which is dumb, don't do that, don't buy penny <laughs> stocks. Um, but just doing it, because I thought, like, you know, just learning, getting exposure, I, I had a job, use some of the money for my job, invest into the markets. And this is before like Robinhood and stuff, I had like right. eight, $5 per commission, like it was, Ugh. it was like a different time. Um, but I was, I was at a passion for it. And, you know, in 2019, I heard about this silly app, TikTok, and I was like, oh, I'll check it out. I've always been interested in making content, you know, doing something on the internet. And I just started making like, you know, kind of silly videos about business, finance, business history, tech, all this stuff. 
and they ended up like being uh, going viral. Some of them yeah. ended up going viral, getting hundreds of thousands of views, millions of views, some of them. And it was kind of like, oh, wow, it's kind of fun. And I just did that like almost every day in 2020, just make videos over and over and over every single day. Uh, pandemic happened that really helped. As, you know, I screwed up as I say like that to help people get on TikTok, which helped uh, kind of like uh, people, you know, kind of springboard the views and stuff. And so I was doing that for the longest time. Uh, just making videos, you know, nonstop yeah. without making a dime on it. Right. And then in 2021 is when I started taking it a little bit more seriously, uh, switched jobs to where I had more time to do the content stuff, started making money. And then this year is when I finally went full time on the content. Oh, wow. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. I wanted to touch on a couple points that you made, right? You said you started investing at 18 back in back, you know, in the 2010 age where we didn't have Robin Hood, we didn't have quite literally the world at our fingertips with all these different types of investing apps and portfolios and whatnot. Now, if you're an 18 year old sitting at a computer today, you can literally change your life in a couple of years with these investing apps. How do you what sort of advice do you have for the 18-year-old today that has no idea from the ground up how to start investing but wants to get started? I mean, I think the best way to do it is if you're 18 um, and you have a job or you have some way of making money and after you pay your bills, I would take the excess money that you have and just learn from it, right? Invest yeah. it and... I learned, I learned the most from just like investing and losing money. I was, I, I've lost, you know, in the beginning, I would lose hundreds of dollars mm -hmm. just doing the stupid stuff, you know, buying penny stocks, things that I shouldn't have been doing, but I didn't learn the lesson until I actually started like, you know, investing myself and losing the money. Cause I feel like that's one of the best ways to learn through, through um, adversity, through like making mistakes. So if I was an 18 year old or, you know, talking to an 18 year old and you have a way of making money, pay your bills. And instead of maybe buying a PS5, put the money into the markets. There's no, there's, there's no like problem with buying a PS5. Buy a PS5 too if you want, if you got the money. Yeah. But like, if you if you want to learn how to invest, you can read books, which is fine. I don't really read books, but you can read books. Um, you can watch YouTube videos, also fine. But to me, the best way to really do it is like dive into it. Like, yeah. oh, I see this something called a call option. I don't really fully understand what it is. It's going to cost me 200 bucks. Okay, start there and just start with little pieces here and there. And then just, you know, when I was, I started recently learning how to do options trading last year. I had no idea what I was doing. Put in a thousand bucks, lost it all. Yeah. But after that, <laughs> I figured out what to do and like, you know, learn from my mistakes. So that, that would be my, uh, uh, if I was talking to an 18 year old, that's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I, it just, it, it, could, it could be overwhelming, I think. Like even just as a, as a 24 year old sitting here today being like, oh, now they now you can do partial real estate investing or you could, you know, obviously we'll get into this in a little bit, but like NFTs and, and everything, crypto and all that stuff. Like back in the, like you talk to, you know, our parents today and they're like, forget about it. Like I'm getting, right. my, I'm getting my NASDAQ stocks and getting my Dow Jones stocks <laughs> and I'm going to just, I'm going to retire happily. Like, right. and, but now it's just like, everything can be an investment and it's just, it's insane. So to your point, I think like use the money, like obviously use it as like your money you're willing to lose because I always, like when people talk about this, I always say like, it's almost like gambling but you know, like be a, be okay with the fact that you might lose all this money that you're going to, right. but you have to be okay with that. So I think that's a major, major point. I wanted to touch on too, while you were balancing civil engineering and content creating, how do you balance, how did you find the balance of both? 
because I want to take a quick excerpt from your LinkedIn post that you put up a couple months ago. You know, this kind of, there's not enough encouraging of career changes, right? It's always been taught, you know, find a career, be good at it, stick with it for 40 plus years. But you were made, you, you, you were told to make this decision at 18. And you basically told me that you made this based off of how the markets were going, you know, 2010, like no one wanted to be in finance. So civil engineering made sense. Now we're here today in a new post pandemic world where people are consuming content and everyone wants to, to do that. How do you, how did you find the balance and then decide, okay, I want to make the shift now. Um, I mean, I, it it was tough, man, balancing a job and content and a family, you know, and and a two year old. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I just will like finally found something that I was passionate about that I like genuinely enjoy doing every single day. Right. Like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are trying to find side hustles just to make money. I feel like if you do that, that'll only take you so far. You have to genuinely enjoy like whatever the process is and like whatever you're doing. Um, and I think I finally found that. And I think that was, that's, that's what made it easy to like get going. And also, I think I was also kind of lucky that, you know, I started on TikTok in 2019 it was still like the wild west. It's still the wild west, but it was still really, really new. Right. And I think, you know, I was able to find some viral success within the first month. I mean, within the first three weeks, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So I think that when I saw that, I got a taste of that. I was like, oh shit, this feels good. Right. And once you get a little taste, it made me want to keep going. It made me want to keep going. And so I think I got a little lucky there. I mean, because a lot of times what happens, and this has happened to me in the past, I've started like failed YouTube shows and things like that. You do something, you try it for a week, you try it for two weeks, you even try it for a month and you see no traction and it's like, ah, I'm done. Whereas I got pretty lucky with TikTok where it's like, okay, I tried something. I think I tried it for two or three weeks, which is like a short amount of time. And I found that traction, found that hit. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is working. And I kept doing it and it kept working and it kept working. And I was able to, so even if I had a bad week, I'm like, well, last week was really good. I got to keep going. (laughs) And so I think that really, that really helped me like push through whatever, like, um, roadblock that people generally, you know, come across like, oh, I'm not like, this is not working out. It was yeah. starting to work out for me relatively quickly. Uh, and then I was able to kind of push through and get ride that momentum to where I am today. Um, and, and now, you know, now I realize like, you know, that was just a, a crazy time. Like everyone was going viral on TikTok back in the day. If you just put out any sort of video, people right. are going viral. So, <laughs> but, so now, now I realize that's not the normal, but like I've been, I've been able to kind of like train myself over the, over the few past few months. Like, okay, like I know what I need to do. Not every video is going to go viral. If there's a process you know, you got to continue being consistent. There's a process, follow the process, and then eventually you'll continue to find success. Yeah. I love that you said that there at the end, because, you know, for people that are chasing the virality hit, it does like, it's going to make you kind of lose that uh, passion for it pretty quickly. Right. Cause you're like, I want to be consistent for a week. I want to be consistent for a few months. And, but if it doesn't hit like, ah, you know, like I want to go try something else, but like, I, I mean, I've been doing this podcast for a year and a half and like, sad to say i have not gotten the email from spotify asking to be exclusively on spotify (laughs) it'll happen no but i mean you know like the consistency is like the key and like you have to kind of revert back to the passion of it did why did i want to start doing this is it because i want to get that one video that has a million views or in this instance like one podcast that has you know that got me to a thousand subscribers whatever it is but like going back to being like you know what I like doing this podcast because I like having these conversations. So I, right. I love, I applaud the whole, like, it's, it's all about the consistency for sure. Consistency. I mean, with content, man, consistency is everything. Right. Um, and whether that's YouTube, TikTok, newsletter, podcast, like 
I, I, I've like, I've noticed whenever I like lose consistency, if I like miss an upload or miss a, miss a pose, it's like, ah, I'll do it tomorrow. You it just, it just, you just feel off. And it's like, just, yep. just being consistent is so crucial, man. And, 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 um, and now that it's my job, like I try to make sure that I like hit all my, you know, like, like uploads that I want to hit. I'm going to upload this many times a day. Boom. That's what I'm going to do. And, and kind of treat it at, treat it seriously. Cause otherwise right. it's really hard to like, um, you know, make this into a career. Cause it, it is really hard. I think a lot of people really think that like being a content creator or an influencer or whatever you want to call it is like, Oh, you're just like pointing a camera on and like do it. It's really, that's what I used to think too. I'm not going to lie. I used to be like, right. Oh, fucking Logan Paul getting paid this many millions of dollars to just like make YouTube videos. Yeah. I realize that is really, 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 really hard. 100%. And, uh, and so I have a lot more respect for, for, you know, for all those content creators that are huge. Now, like I realize how hard it must've been to get to that level um and 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 you know like just and sustain that level it is so hard man but you know we're on that journey now absolutely absolutely so i want to take a quick pivot from from the content side to more of the business side obviously the the content that you produce is on business for someone that's been making business news so much more digestible this is probably the easiest yes or no question but is this the wave of the future in terms of how people could consume their news we're seeing you know facebook kind of lose users we're seeing the traditional media sort of lose their stake in the ground is kind of the short form, get it as quickly as I can in an enjoyable fashion, kind of the wave of quote unquote, the news consumption. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, thinking about it like this, whenever we see like an article, a news article, how often do people read the whole article? It's usually <laughs> just the headline, maybe yeah. like the first couple sentences, right? Right. So now we're kind of just doing that in video form. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, people have insanely low attention spans. Can you, can you cram whatever information they need to know in 60 seconds and not just cram the information. You also have to make it entertaining, engaging, all those things. Otherwise people are going to lose interest because you're one swipe away into something else that's more entertaining. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, yeah, I, I think I think it's the future. Now, I don't think that like people are only gonna look to short form content. I think long form content still has a, has a spot. Right. I mean, um, we're on a podcast but, here. Let's not. Let's right. Not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> perfect example. Um, but you know, I think short form content is like where a lot of people discover new creators. Where a lot of people, um, you know, uh, where probably a majority of people are gonna consume their content. But it's gonna lead to people consuming longer form content from a specific creator that they might like or a topic that they might be um, interested in, you know? So I think it's just a, it's a very good way to introduce something. Awesome. Like I, I agree with that. Cause that's why I said, I think this is the easiest yes or no question, but I think I'm just a little perplexed or confused why it took traditional kind of media conglomerates to make this pivot. Like what, like, what do you think kind of caused them to be like, no, we're like, you know, this, the wave of paperback New York times still works. Like what, like, is it because the older generation still out there and obviously is going to still consume the content the way they want to consume it? Or is it, is it something else? So are you asking like why, like the legacy media companies haven't embraced short form content? Yes. Um, I think because, I mean, I think they're starting to, right. I, right. I mean, it, it, as with everything, they're late to the game, right? They're, they're late. They're late to the game when it comes to, being on uh, the social media originally being on you know instagram facebook mm-hmm. they're late to the game being on short form content they just move a little bit slower it's just that's what happens with big companies they move slower mm-hmm. so i think i think i think everyone is going to embrace it i mean you you see what like short form content is. i mean tiktok has caused facebook to change uh their strategy facebook is i mean instagram specifically is purely focusing purely on it on on video moving right. forward um 
YouTube has YouTube shorts now. So I think short form content is here to stay. I don't, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's going to be embraced by literally everybody. And um, yeah, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Absolutely. I do kind of want to pivot to talk about a company that may be moving a little bit too forward, or at least that's what Scott Galloway thinks. He called the metaverse, uh, quote, a <laughs> flaming bag of shit. Uh, before doing that, he did give Zuck credit for being a visionary for who's doing the right things to kind of save a sinking ship. I want to get your take on this. I, I did not listen to Meta's earning calls or uh, earnings report, but I'm sure it went something like this. We may be losing Facebook users, but we have the metaverse. Either way, uh, investors were yeah. not happy as Meta has now dropped 33% in the past week alone. Is the world just Crazy. not ready to start with the metaverse or this shift to the metaverse? Is that what this is? I, I mean, you know, I think the bigger concern is that um, these, these tech companies always have moonshot projects, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you... Uh, Google has their self-driving car units. They have all these companies have their, have their um, moonshot projects. Facebook is going all in on their moonshot project of the metaverse. Right. And the problem that people are having now is that everyone assumed that Facebook was going to continue to have this juggernaut of a business this $120 billion, whatever the run rate is for their advertising business that they generate from their Facebook platform. That's, any signs of that slowing down, which it is, and any sign of that revenue being hit, which it is because of Apple's privacy uh, updates on uh, on the iPhones and competition from TikTok, that's what's got people spooked. I honestly don't know if the metaverse is going to work out. I mean, but yeah, like 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 Zuck has been known to like figure shit out. You know, he's mm -hmm. been he's been known to like guide the ship in the right direction. The dude has good instincts. The dude is a fucking amazing business per, uh, a, a businessman. As much as of a robot he is, he's a really good businessman. <laughs> right, it's um, been working. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we, can't, we can't say it's not working here. I mean, like, people thought that Facebook was going to die in 2012, right? right? How many times did you hear Facebook is another MySpace, whatever. They've been around for 15 years now. They've, they're at one point where a trillion dollar company. Um, to me, they're not really, to me, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not fully sure on this obsession with the metaverse. But then again, like Facebook has always been someone who uh, tries to figure out where the trend is going versus go showing up late to the party. You know, yeah. like they were the first ones to fully, truly embrace mobile. You know, they, they were the ones to be like, okay, we're going to go all out on mobile when, you know, when they made all their apps and stuff. So I always, you know, I, I, I trust that like whatever Zuck is cooking up, man, like it, there's probably some sort of logic there because because uh, it's a pretty big gamble that he's making. Yeah, I'm the kid in the corner of the party right now that everyone's trashing Facebook. Like, oh, I'm going to wait to see what they do. You know, right. I'm gonna, I don't know if it's all, if everyone's out on it just yet. We're going to take a quick break from this week's episode to talk about our brand new sponsors and a long time coming with TYR. Guys, I've been a part of the swimming community for gosh knows how long. I've been retired for just about three years, but I'm going back in with my friends over at TYR. That's right. TYR has everything you need from swimming to try to anything from biking, running, you name it, Tier or TYR has got you hooked up. They got a brand new spring collection coming out, and I'm going to hook you guys up. That's right. I'm going to get you 10% off at checkout with the code Jared, J-E-R-O-D-I-G, 10 off. That's right. Jared, J-E-R-O-D-I-G, as in Instagram, 10 off. Going to get you 10% off at checkout with their brand new spring collection. So if you're a swimmer, I know I have swimmers listening to this show biker, uh, triathlete, whatever it may be, head over to TYR, check out their brand new spring collection. And now back to the interview. 
at. But I do want to talk to you about another stock that I know you love to talk about, and that is Peloton. Um, (laughs) And I will go on record and say I did drink the Kool-Aid, and I still do. I'm a cult follower. I love the classes. I love the instructors. You name it. My investment strategy with that methodology has not worked out in my favor. Now, (laughs) now, big news out of Peloton as of today, February 8th, as we're recording. John Foley is stepping down as CEO, and they're cutting cutting out 2,800 jobs. Usually, now historically speaking, when you announce something like that, your stock kind of plummets. But Peloton is now up 25% today as of February 8th. What do you make of all this craziness over a workout bike? Is it just a bike with an iPad? Is it something more? What is the kind of the story behind this Peloton stock? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's an eight, nine billion dollar market cap now. It, at one point, it was like a $50 billion company. Yeah. I, I think, I think. There was there was a case that was to be made like Peloton is like the future Nike, right? Like that brand is so strong that they're the future Nike. Bikes right. are just one thing. They're going to get into apparel. They're going to get into like a bunch of other stuff. Right. I think the reality is that they just haven't been able to move beyond like just their at-home bicycle stuff, right? First of all, it's very expensive, right? Yes. Only so many number of households have the space for a, for a Peloton and also $1,500 to drop for a bike. Mm-hmm. It's just a very expensive purchase. I just saw they're 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 like addressable market size, which is already like limited. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I was reading some stuff about the CEO John Foley. Is that is that his name? He, yeah. the dude apparently sucks. Like apparently he's like a really <laughs> shitty CEO. Like there there was there was a slideshow that one of these um uh, activist investors were making about like how John Foley himself was talking about like how like he doesn't like ever talk to his CFO or CTO right. and like he just apparently sucks. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably one of the reasons why the stock has gone up because it's like, oh, we got this uh, incompetent dude who pretty much got lucky that Peloton stock went up because of the pandemic. I mean, it was a perfect story. Peloton yeah. stocks goes up because everyone wants to work from home because of lockdowns. So, uh, but he wasn't actually like fit to be like the guy in charge. So uh, I think what they're hoping is that some competent leader comes in and can write the ship i mean the the brand is very strong like you said you know i i own a peloton i bought it for my wife in the summer because uh you know we wanted to try it out um their churn rate super low i mean when people are on board people very few people leave which is incredible uh again the brand is strong they have a loyal following so there probably is something there like do i think they're a 50 billion dollar company no probably not um but uh, there probably is something there. And so it'll be interesting to see like whoever the new CEO is, if that person's going to come in, are they going to like try to find a seller or start, find a buyer? And like, I don't know, is Amazon going to buy them? Is Apple going to buy them or Nike going to buy them? Right. We're going to jump to that. In a second. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's one of those stocks when you look back, it's like, man, of course it wasn't worth $50 billion. What were we thinking? It's also like, you know, a company like Zoom. It's like, of course, Zoom wasn't worth was it like a hundred billion dollars or whatever it was? Like, of course it wasn't worth that. So it's easy to look back on now and say that. I I remember getting out of zoom when it, when it hit 500 and I was like, yeah, I think I'll be happy with this. Like, I I just like, even if it does go higher, I think I'm good. Like, I, you know, like I won't be sad because at some point, you know, people will not want to be on a zoom as we're on a zoom right now, but yeah. (laughs) And, but the, but Peloton is the one that I think I, 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 continue to drink the kool-aid too much and i was like it's it's going to be the next nike it's going to be the next uh whatever right but now with uh to the, to your point the new ceo is former spotify former netflix executive 
uh, Barry McCarthy. It'll be interesting to see if he shops this to a Nike, to an Amazon. I, I, I wouldn't hate it. I think, you know, like it makes sense. Nike totally makes sense. Amazon, like, why not? You have a billion dollars in cash on an everyday basis. Why not buy something? Um, But my question to you on this, maybe a kind of uh, currently fictional acquisitions that may make sense. Do you have any, and I'll, and I'll give you mine after this and why I'm asking you this question, any fictional currently Mm. acquisitions that make sense in today's world? Um, man, any fictional acquisitions, um, maybe something like Facebook buying like a gaming company. So like Facebook buying EA or something like that. Um, those are some sexy ones, right? Like, I, you know, there's probably some like, you know, like, like, um, uh, acquisitions that could happen that uh, aren't as sexy, but like Facebook buying like a, a gaming company could be there or maybe Netflix buying like a gaming company, something along those lines. I'll give you one and I'll, I'll want to get your take on this. My dad is, is pushing this one and I can kind of get behind it for Apple to get into the car business. If they were to go out and acquire Ford, it would pretty much just put them head to head with Tesla at that point. <laughs> the, I don't, I, I mean, that is like, that would be I crazy, mean, but it's I the don't most think craziest one I could think of. Right. I, it, it might not happen. <laughs> It would have like big, big things would have to happen. This is not a sprint, uh, a Spirit Airlines and Frontier, you know, merger. This this would be like colossal types of news. But if Apple really wants to get into the car business, I think like acquiring obviously America's number one driving, you know, machine like Ford would be absurd. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that Apple really wants to get into the car business. I know they're trying to like come out with the self driving cars and whatnot, but mm. to me, it's to me the play is not necessarily build an apple car it's to deck out every car with apple software because yeah. i mean apple's whole thing is what do they do they, they sell products that we have to buy every single year that is high profit margins what is a car a car is a product that we buy once every five years maybe right most people buy a car once every five years right insanely low profit margins <laughs> right so to me it would go up against apple's like entire company structure like the company like dna to buy a car company or even like make a car because it's just not something that they can like it's not it's not highly profitable and they can't sell it every single year so um that's why i don't think they're gonna buy peloton i just peloton apple buying peloton doesn't make sense because Mm -hmm. you buy a peloton you buy it once you buy it once and maybe you upgrade i don't know do you need to upgrade like it's just a bike right you don't you don't need to upgrade so I, I didn't upgrade oh. to the bike plus. I was the kid that was like, there's no, I was like, there's, I, I don't see any value right. in going from the bike to the bike plus like, okay, the TV can pivot, but you can literally go and Google pivoting Peloton exactly, and you can pivot your Peloton or the only, like the thing that Peloton can do. And they obviously had hiccups with it was like going into other sort of equipment. You have the treadmill, you have whatever, mm-hmm. but like to your point earlier, there's only so much house space. Like you're giving up real estate in your own house. Like not everyone can afford, you know, look at my furnished basement with all Pelotons, you know, like it, you can't, it doesn't work yeah, all the time. That's not going to work. I mean, I live in a, a less than 1000 square foot Boston apartment and I'm able to squeeze my Peloton in between my desk and my dresser. I can't even do a lot of the arm workouts on the bike though. Right. I'll tell you, I'll be honest. <laughs> right. But that, that, you know, that was kind of how it worked out, but yes, I, I don't think Apple will buy Peloton. If it, if anyone's going to do it, I think Amazon and Nike are your two best bets. 
Nike yeah. can just kind of do whatever they want with that thing after put the put the swoosh all over it, and oh yeah, and then all those instructors could be Nike athletes. There's just yep. there's just so many brand opportunities there. So we we shall see. But I wanted to get your take on the Apple acquiring Ford because my dad's like, like you know, like at Christmas dinner, he's like, yeah, it's gonna happen in the next twenty years. And I was like, I'll let you know because I don't know if you'll be around for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, man. Yeah, I mean, Apple, Apple's. Apple doesn't typically make splashy acquisitions, so would be, so we'll would, see. That would be it. That would be like get get all. That would be all complete water displacement in the pool. That would. Oh yeah. Whole, yeah. That's not a splash. Totally against the grain. <laughs> awesome. Well, all right. So we have gotten to the point of the show where I you've done an unbelievable job at answering all of my questions. I want to give you the opportunity to ask me anything. So. Zaid, if you have any question that you want to ask me, it can be business oriented. It can be whatever you want. Feel free to ask me anything here. Yeah. I mean, so I like that. First of all, you know, you, you've been doing this show for like a year and a half, which is yeah. awesome. Is there a reason why, I mean, you said you like having conversations. Is that, is there a reason why you went with a podcast versus doing something which was more, you know, whether it was like a full on YouTube channel or a, a TikTok? Was there a reason why you picked, started off with the long form content because a lot of people nowadays start with short form content and move to long form. Great question. Uh, part of the reason why I chose to start podcasting was because it's something I hadn't tried before. I like back when I was, Oh gosh, like in middle school and like early high school, I started the YouTube videos and I think I was like premature to it. Um, YouTube was pretty new. And I think I like got scared of it. If I'm being honest, like video content is something I've always been, um, hesitant about not because of like appearance or anything it's really more from like the editing perspective like I've never I don't have an I don't have a Mac and I feel like everyone's like you have to have like uh -huh. iMovie to edit but you know like I just that that sort of editing was never like something that I could pick up quickly on the reason why I wanted to start with long form content was because I think I if you haven't figured it out by now I do love talking to people I I think conversational type of content is something that we may be losing with the shorter form content. So I, I think to get to know somebody and have a conversation with somebody is the best way to get to know them. So I thought like a long form content, like a podcast where I can sit down with somebody, learn about them would be the best way to, to get this started. So that's the long form answer to your long form content question. <laughs> I, got, I got a follow up. So yes. where do you think the, like, what do you think the podcast industry is going? Right. Cause like, as you know, the, yes. the, the joke and the meme is like, Oh, everybody has a podcast. All right. Like, everybody has a podcast. Um, it's not a joke. It's, it's freaking it's, for real, man. Every, right. every person I follow on TikTok or every person that I at least like came across their for you, like came, they came across my for you page is starting a podcast and like people are coming out of the woodwork to start a podcast. And I, and yeah, sorry to, to go, go ahead and continue your question. Well, yeah. yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's like, I've noticed the same thing. It's like people everywhere, everyone is starting a podcast. Yeah. So I'm curious to know as someone who had a podcast for a bit and then couldn't, couldn't stay consistent with it. And it was fun to do. I feel like the podcast formula is like the same over and over again, right? It's like one or two people started off giving their monologue and then you got a guest coming in, the guest talks and it's interesting, yeah, yeah. great conversations. Is that is that is that like the pretty much the pinnacle of podcasting at this point? Like, where's the innovation, man? Like, I feel like yeah, I, I'm just curious to know like where does it go? Right? I think podcasts started with these like narrative podcasts. We have those narrative podcasts. So there's two kinds of podcasts: a narrative podcast where you have like the serial kind, and it's like, oh, this is what happened. And then you have like the podcasts that we're on here, and mm -hmm. pretty much most of the podcasts that I listened to was like 
you know, you have a person just having a conversation with them or their friends or guests. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, is, is that it? Like, is, is that the pinnacle that of uh, podcasting and, and where does it go? I, I don't, I don't hate the question because I don't think you're far off and I don't think you're wrong at all. I think like to your point, like we had uh, John Lee Dumas on the show long, long time ago. He like, he started his podcast back in like 2004 Oh, and wow. when that was, when that was the quote unquote pinnacle of podcasting, like it was only audio and you had to like <laughs> go to the iTunes store and buy the podcast. I'm saying things in dinosaur terms. Now, I think to your point right now, there's, there's those two, two types of podcasts, either a bunch of people just talking to talk or like an interview type or something of that nature, where I think some podcasts are evolving. I think of like, the Joe Rogan experience and Caller Daddy having the more video exclusives on Spotify, that is something that where it's more gated content is going to be very interesting to see what else will be gated. You know, you see kind of some podcasts moving to more of like a patron type of model where like, I'll give you the 50 minute episode every Wednesday, but if you want to see more yep. exclusive content, you have to go here. That yep. in terms of a monetary type of way, I think that's where it's moving. And then now you see like, if you get big enough or you have a, a media giant, like a Barstool Sports to back you, you can do things like, uh, you know, a live tour or, you know, like basically like a variety show, if for, for lack of a better term of your podcast and like pull up guests or like pull up guests literally from the crowd or something like that. It, but to your point, podcasts won't change its bare bones probably ever just like video content is still video content you know, the spoken word of podcasting is going to be like the heartbeat of the podcasting industry i guess i'm curious to know like you know i think you brought up a couple ideas where it's like what why they're not more like live show podcasts or mm-hmm. like not you know you go on and, and, and you're you're like you know in a, in a crowd or you know i was you know i was just trying to get things outside the box a little bit i was like why can't i just like record like voice notes throughout the day mm-hmm. and it's just like make that a podcast i'm yeah. voice notes boom upload it's like it's like, you know, kind of like what happened with, with what TikTok did to, to video content, right? Like mm-hmm. what TikTok did to video content was like on YouTube, the reason it's so like uh, scary to make YouTube videos or, or, or overwhelming is because it's so polished. We have all these, yeah. we have all these like, um, you know, production and editing and this and that. And the thumbnail, and just alone, the thumbnail, like the thumbnail, right? <laughs> like, yeah. there's, like a, there's like a certain ebb and flow to YouTube videos and even the podcast, right? Why can't it literally just be me on my iPhone just saying like, Oh shit! The market's opening right now. Like, I, I don't know. Like, is that is yeah. that like a? I'm not saying it has to be that. But why, like, I feel like there's like there's something there's something missing mm-hmm. or something that I feel like is or upcoming when it comes to the the the, the podcasting or, or voice content or audio content because it's like it's been the same for the last five six years. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of innovation because I think at some point it's going to be saturated the way it is. So <laughs> if, I'm just not already. No, yeah, not already. Yeah, I mean, the other things that I was going to say, too, like there have been some creative ways that some people have started podcasts. And I I don't want to not give these people credit. I just blanking on the shows, but like people uh, recording podcasts with legit strangers, like setting up a table in mm. Times Square and just saying like, hey, I'm about to record a podcast. Do you want to get on? Yeah. Do you want to be the guest? Like that, yeah. I think, A, is just a wild thing to do. Like I, I would insane. be scared to do that just as like the host of the show. But then too, like I've seen, I've seen shows where they, it's literally, I think it's called like podcast, but outside where they literally, they sit outside like college campuses and talk to each other. And obviously like you're creating a scene on a college right. campus. People are going right. to gravitate to that scene. Right. So they probably get 
live questions or something of that nature. But the thing with podcasting that to your point is that you could be doing that live and you put out the episode, say the next day or within hours, whatever you want, but people can go back to that episode and, and view that. You know what I mean? So like I can view that episode in five years from now and it won't even be topically relevant anymore. So yep. that's something that I've tried to do with this show is like all the guests that I have on, doesn't matter if you hear this episode four years from now or four days from now, it's still going to be like, oh, I got something from that episode or I got something from that guest or whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, Facebook might be bankrupt by then. So yeah, knows? or Peloton <laughs> might, not, might cease to yeah. exist and we might have yeah. ghost bikes in our apartments. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I, I really appreciate that conversation. And, it, you know, it's definitely something I'll look to revisit as I kind of continue this show. And I definitely need to kind of evolve this show. I think like, you know, maybe putting them out on YouTube or doing something like that might be in my benefit because growing this audience is, is hard enough as it is like you got to find new avenues and new ways to to promote this type of content for sure <laughs> yeah i mean discoverability has always been a problem for podcasts but i think the other problem has been like you know whenever people do ads it's hard to track the the how how effective those ads are versus like you know when you do an ad and you, on your instagram or whatever you you have like you can just like a link typically so you can like track that so right. There are challenges. And again, as someone who like is obsessed with this, you know, social media and, and making content on the internet now, I always think about like, okay, well, what are the challenges? How, how is it done? How can you do it differently? Um, and, and, and see what people like yourself who've been doing this for a couple of years are thinking about it. Cause like, that's just, um, yeah, I don't know. Stuff is super interesting to me. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. So Zaid, we've gotten to the point in our show where we have one final question for you and we ask of it of all of our guests. I did give you a little bit of a, of a preview of the question. I don't typically do that, but um, so as you know, the question goes, if you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? Um, Man, I'm trying to be like, I could go like edgy with this. You know how like those every single title pretty much has to has like a curse word now, like fuck yeah. you or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's like the book now? Like the subtle art of not giving a yeah. shit. Like, subtle art not giving a book shit. book is so something. famous. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe if I want to like sell copies, it should just be like, you know, how I, how I said fuck you to engineering and, and you know, or something like that. Um, but, um, I, 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 I honestly, I, I, it's so hard for me to say, right. Like autobiography, I'm 30 years old and I feel like I'm just getting started. Oh, um, I've asked 18 year olds this, believe me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's yeah. so, it's so crazy. It's, maybe it's just, um, maybe the title would just be like figuring it out. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. Cause I just, you know, it's like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I was just still figuring shit out. Yeah. Figuring. There you go. Figuring shit out. We got, we, we hit all the, we hit all the, the marketing points on there too. Yes. Got and, the curse uh, it, word. Yes. Less than five words. Yes. Boom. Got nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. I can we just see, see the cover now. art now. Yeah. I can just, exactly. it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> there you go. Figuring well, shit out. That's the answer. I love it. Well, Zaid, I really appreciate you coming on here and talking about your story, talking about the business world, talking about podcasting, man, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much. And I hope we can definitely uh, keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. All right. 
So a big thank you to Zaid Admani for coming on this week's show and sharing more about his story from civil engineering to content creating and talking to us a little bit more about the crazy world of business right now. So be sure to go check out Zaid on Instagram and TikTok. I'll leave links to all things Zaid in the description of this week's podcast. Be sure to head over to our Instagram at normalguylazyeye so you can catch clips from this week's episode. Head over to our brand new merch store. We got some great new stuff here as we approach spring. It's hard to believe we're approaching spring as I'm sitting here and it is 20 degrees in Boston. But some great quarter zips, some great hoodies, you name it. We got it over there at the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Shop. That does it for all my shameless plugs and that does it for another episode. I will see you guys all next Wednesday with a brand new episode. See you guys later.